We'll talk about IVF or in vitro fertilization in this episode. In Let's Get Biblical, sasagutin natin ang tanong kung mapupunta ba ang kaluluwa ko sa impyerno kung makamiss ako ng Sunday Mass as a Catholic. And in the newest segment, Payong Aruga, paano kung nagsinungaling sa'yo ang jowa mo? Welcome to the Jay Aruga Show! Kumusta? Kumusta? Welcome to the J. Aruga Show. Still the first conservative podcast in the Philippines. So sa mga nagtatanong joke episode lang yung last week, yung woke episode, hindi talaga tayo nag-rebrand kasi yung mga advertisement ko parang clickbaited, di ba? Pero kailangan pakinggan nyo yung episode para malaman nyo kung ano yung ibig ko sabihin. Okay, shoutout time muna tayo mga friends. I would like to give a shout-out kay Dreyan for inviting me to a podcast called 8 Questions. In-invite niya ako together with other podcasters to tell him who we are voting for without telling him who we are voting for. So, subaybayan niyo ang podcast na yon weekly. Ano ang topic natin ngayon? We talked about divorce. We talked about same-sex marriage. And this time, pag-uusapan naman natin ang isa pang activity where we put adult desires first than children's rights. Today, we'll talk about the wonderful world of baby making. But not the fun way to make babies that involves sexual intercourse. It's one that doesn't involve sex. It's IVF, short for in vitro fertilization. I'll admit, I've been shying away from talking about IVF for a long time. Nung nag-guest si Sam O, I told her na iniiwasan kong i-mention ang IVF sa kanya during her conversion story to Catholicism. I know she discussed publicly that she has frozen her eggs before, but buti na lang, she accepted God's plan for creating babies together with accepting the Catholic faith. Pero hindi lang yung sheer awkwardness of talking about her eggs ang reason kung bakit iwas akong pag-usapan ng IVF with her. The reason on is because I don't have a strong secular reason of opposing IVF back then. And if you're a follower of this podcast, you'll know that whenever I talk about issues on morality, I talk about them with secular reasons. Para pati yung mga atheist friends mo, Ma-convince. Ano nga ba ang in vitro fertilization? This is the process of collecting eggs from a woman's ovaries and fertilizing them with a man's sperm in a laboratory. This first procedure is called artificial insemination. After this, the fertilized egg, which is called zygote, ay pinapalaki muna for about a week in a culture, so marami ito. Then, pipili mula doon nang i-implant sa female uterus to continue growing in a pregnancy. Kung yung woman kung saan na-implant ang embryo ay hindi ang woman na pinanggalingan ng egg, ang tawag sa kanya ay surrogate. 
Dito pumapasok yung sinasabi ni Dr. Jennifer Roback Morse. The sexual revolution not only took away babies from sex through contraception, it also took away sex from baby making through IVF. Oh, Jay, bakit ka nga pala gumawa ng topic tungkol dito? Available ba sa Pinas ang IVF? Yes, sa isang malaking ospital na nakapangalan sa isang gospel writer. So at this point, babalikan ko yung kwento ko about nung kausap ko si Sam O. Ano pa lang ba ang nalaman kong argumento tungkol sa IVF? At that point, I believe IVF is immoral because I know that the process involves multiple embryos before selecting the best one to implant in a womb. This means the rest of the embryos are either discarded or kept frozen. Kung against ka sa abortion, you should be against IVF in principle for the same reasons you are against abortion. Dahil tinatapon dito ang mga sobrang embryos na parang wala lang. Pero paano kung na-perfect ng IVF clinics ang art na hindi na nila kailangan mag-harvest ng multiple embryos? One shot na lang, tapos yung unang embryo na i-implant sa uterus, yun na yung gagamitin, walang madi-discard, walang ma-abort, may mali pa ba sa prosesong ito? Some say na mali pa rin because it breaks the marital embrace between the parents and the child. Some say a child deserves the dignity of coming into the world through natural means. Kaso kapag ginamit mo ang mga argumentong ito sa isang atheist using the words marital embrace and dignity, they can just shrug it off by saying, So what? That's why I didn't talk about IVF before in the podcast. Instinctively, I know there are good reasons to oppose IVF. Maybe the marital embrace and dignity arguments are enough, pero hindi lang ganun ka-sophisticated ang utak ko to be able to defend them. Until I met Katie Faust and read the book Them Before Us. And lagi kong nababanggit ang Them Before Us sa podcast na ito because it's such a good book. I highly recommend it. So mamaya, i-discuss ko ang mga natutunan ko sa book. Ikakwento ko muna sa inyo what triggered me into recording an episode now. I'm part of a group chat where some of the members are liberals. And there was a time na same-sex marriage has been discussed. Of course, I brought up my regular defense of marriage by asking the question, what is marriage for? Ultimately, I gave the answer that the public purpose of marriage Why the state is interested in marriage is because it makes sure that its new citizens, the children, will be taken care of by the ones who procreated them. Then sabi ng liberal friend ko, pwede din naman daw ang same reasoning na ito sa lesbian couple who got a sperm from a stud para mabuntis ang isang girl. I told him na sa case na ito, you intentionally took the child away from his or her father para maserve ang desire nila to have a child. The commodification of children is real. What does commodification mean? Ito yung tinitreat mo ang isang tao, in this case, a child, like a consumer good. Let me bring your attention to a news a few weeks ago entitled, Lesbian Couple has a baby boy instead of a desired girl, and sues IVF clinic saying it was just like rape. Let me read excerpts of the article. 
And I quote, Apparently, they requested a female embryo but found out at 15 weeks gestation that the baby was a boy. The couple did genetic testing to determine if it was related or possibly a mix-up with another couple's embryo. Seven weeks later, the test came back and confirmed that it was indeed their baby and it was a boy. The clinic offered the couple an abortion, but the couple declined and are now suing the clinic for breach of contract, medical malpractice, and battery, among other things. Heather, yung nanay, said that when she found out she was carrying a boy, she assumed the embryo was someone else's. She went on to say that she felt like her body was taken hostage and that it felt like there was an alien living inside of me. Heather, who had been sexually assaulted twice before, then likened the unwanted baby boy growing in her womb to rape. She said the baby in my body was male and he was put there against my will, just like rape. End of quote. This article is an example of us downplaying children to the level of commodities now. Ganito na ang kultura natin ngayon. Kung hindi mo gusto ang produkto, magre-reklamo ka sa kumpanyang nagbigay ng maling produkto sa'yo para ka lang nag-file ng customer return complaint. Dito lang sa Pilipinas, eh, may malaking perfume mogul who commissioned a big fertility clinic to produce him eight kids. Hindi ko napapangalanan kung sino ito. Sabi ng ilan, Well, sa traditional marriage din naman, ah, pwede rin makumodify ang bata. Well, true. Pero dito, you take care of the child you procreate out of responsibility. Because here, you take care of the child whether you meant to have a child or you're surprised by the pregnancy. Whether they're wanted or unwanted. Ideally, you should take care of your child in a marriage and not have them aborted if they're unwanted. Infertility is a touchy subject for married couples. The desire to take care and love a child is natural. And naitindihan ko yung desire na yung bata is biologically related sa'yo para nagkukontinue yung line mo. If someone can't have a child, either through infertility or they're simply in a same-sex relationship, o single lang siya, o baka incel siya, we need to empathize with them. Malungkot talaga eh. Kaya nga ang media usually, nagpo-focus sila sa couples na nagse-celebrate ng kanilang created family via donor conception. Pero bihira kang makakita ng media na nagpe-feature sa mga batang produkto nito. Especially yung negative aspect. Bakit kaya? Ayon sa aklat na Them Before Us, Using a sperm or egg donor ensures that the child will grow up away from their biological father or mother to serve the commissioning adult's desire to have a child. Ano ang kinaiba nito sa adoption? Bakit ako ngawa na ngawa against IVF pero hindi ako nag-o-oppose against adoption? In adoption, the child is the client. The adoption agency looks for the best candidate preferably a married couple who will take care of the child. Maraming background checks involved. Titignan nila kung may criminal record ba ang adoptive parents, lulong ba ang mga ito sa droga. In short, 
all due diligence are made. In IVF, sa business na tinatawag na big fertility, walang any background checks na ginagawa. Kung may pera ka, you'll get a child. Garantisado yan. At nangyari na in the past na may isang deaf-mute 50-year-old person na nagngangalang CM, nakatira siya sa basement home na kanyang elderly parents, nag-commission si CM ng tatlong bata sabay-sabay through surrogacy. Search for this article in Slate by Michelle Goldberg entitled, Is a Surrogate a Mother? In this story, CM decided to abort one or two of the babies pero nag-refuse yung mga surrogates. Sabi ng court, triplets by a married couple is hard enough. Triplets for a single parent would be excruciating. Triplets for a single parent who is deaf is beyond contemplation. Mukhang hindi inclusive tong court na to. I have nothing against deaf, mute people raising a child pero alam naman natin na mahirap ito. Pinanganak ang triplets ng premature at nung dinalaw ng child services ang mga bata 9 months after, they're eating food from the floor and they suffer a severe diaper rash. If this dude would have gone through the adoptive process, hindi siya maaprubahan to adopt a baby, let alone three babies. May cases din, if you do a search na mga pedophiles and sex offenders who sought IVF services and to great success. Tignan nyo kung anong ginagawa nitong industry na to sa mga bata. Pwede kang umorder ng bride mo through this kung pedophile ka. It gives a whole new meaning to the term made-to-order bride. But what if mabait naman ang mga parents na kakalakhan ng bata? What if mag-perform na ng background checks ang big fertility clinics like yung ginagawa ng adoption agencies? Ano na ngayon ang mali sa IVF? Like we said earlier, using a sperm and or egg donor ensures that the child is taken away from at least one biological parent. Gone were the days kung saan ang mga bata nawawalan ng magulang through tragedy. Either maulan siya ng ama dahil nag-serve sa gera o sa hazard ng trabaho, o maulan siya ng ina sa pagluwal sa kanya. Ngayon, nawawalan ang bata ng biological parent intentionally. Either nag-divorce ang magulang niya, o nung na-conceive siya, hiwalay na kagad siya sa parents niya. Tatlong bagay ang kailangan for a sexless baby making. A womb, a sperm, and an egg. Ang sperm ay mura lang ang halaga for obvious reasons. Ang egg, medyo mas mahal siya dahil may matinding extraction na kailangan ditong gawin. Ang salitang donor conception is a misnomer. Dahil wala namang donation na nangyari. There's a lot of exchange of money involved. Certain parties sell their sperm or egg and the other party buys them. Mas konti ang women na nagpapagamit ng uterus nila for surrogacy. But I highly doubt that they're doing it for altruistic reasons. Walang libre sa market na ito. We, as a society, we all know that baby selling is evil. It is illegal for a woman to give up their biological children for profit. Pero sa IVF, once tinanggal mo 
lahat ng middleman, once tinanggal mo lahat ng lab technology and glass dishes, it's basically just that. Baby selling. Usually, dito ang parents nagbabrowse ng catalog ng donors na parabang nagsha-shopping lang. Hopefully, isa sa mga nag-donate ay si Piolo Pascual. Kaya hindi nalalayo ang industry na to ng donor conception sa eugenics. Dito pumapasok ang usaping designer babies kung saan pinipili lang ang mga bata with the most suitable traits. Mas mahal ang mga galing sa donors na athletic, mataas ang academic achievement, and ayaw ko pasukan ng race ang usaping ito pero mas in-demand ang galing sa puti, kaya ito mas mahal. Ano masasabi ng mga batang conceived this way? Surely masaya sila for being alive. Sadly, the world is not a safe space for them to talk about their grievances. There's this website called anonymousus.org, which is a platform for donor-conceived people to share their stories without the judgment of society. Dito mababasa mo na they felt alone. Hindi nila masabi sa mga kakilala nila ang sadness na nadadama nila. Sinasabihan sila ng mga tao to just be happy to be alive. May ilang mga bata from a lesbian family. Dun sa anonymousus.org, they say they miss their father who they never knew. Some of the donor-conceived children, worried sila na kapag lumabas sila sa world, baka ang taong maiinlove sila ay either tatay nila or half-sibling nila. And many of them have gone to the hard task of searching the other half of their identity, unknown sa parents nila that they're doing it right now. These things are not apparent. Hindi natin alam ang mga grievances, ang mga dinadala ng mga donor-conceived children because this society we're in right now ay sobrang celebrate ang parents instead of pakinggan ang mga sinasabi ng mga batang ito. Children have the right to be taken care of by their biological parents. Adult don't have a right to a child. Kung totoo ito, then everyone should be handed a child to take care of kahit na taong grasa. Adults have the right to their biological child. Kaya kapag nasa maternity clinic kayong mag-asawa, then pauwi na kayo, hindi pwedeng ang ibigay sa inyo ng clinic ay ibang bata. Kailangan umuwi kayo with your child. Given this fact, it is obvious then that the child has rights to his or her parents din. Hindi pwedeng pagkapanganak ni nanay, tatakbuhan na lang ng mga magulang ang bata dahil ayaw nila itong alagaan. Children have the right to their biological parents. Intentionally taking away children from their biological parent or parents to serve your adult desire to have a kid is a violation of a child's right. In a television interview ng sikat na ex-abortionist na responsible sa paglegalize ng abortion in the US, si Dr. Bernard Nathanson, may kinwento siya about a California trial kung saan ang isang infertile couple ay nag-hire ng reproductive technologist para mag-mix ng sperm from a sperm donor and egg from an egg donor na magiging anak nila. Then, ipapa-implant nila ito, yung embryo, sa isang surrogate para dalhin niya ang bata for 9 months. Nakakasunod pa kayo? 
Nung 8-year-old na yung bata, the infertile couple decided to have a divorce. Ang tanong sa korte, sino ang magulang ng batang ito? Yung adoptive infertile couple ba? Yung sperm donor ba? Yung egg donor? Yung surrogate ba? The judge eventually placed the child to a foster home. Ano ngayon ang acceptable, non-morally problematic way kung gustong magkaanak pero may problem sa fertility? Mali ang kumuha ng sperm from a sperm bank dahil you're taking away the kid from their biological father to serve your desire? Mali ang kumuha ng egg dahil you're taking away the kid from their mother? Mali din ang surrogacy because you're using a person? The moral and children's rights first choice is to do everything possible medically to cure what's causing the infertility. Maybe it's low sperm count sa lalaki. Maybe dahil irregular ang cycle ng babae. Consult your doctor. The very last choice should be adoption. This is another touchy subject na ginawa natin ng topic sa The Jay Aruga Show. Sobrang konti lang din kasi yung makaka-relate sa topic because IVF is very expensive. But if you're one of the few who already had a child through IVF, baka hindi lang nagsasalita ang anak nyo. If you want a glimpse of what donor-conceived children are going through, do a search on the study called My Daddy's Name is Donor or anonymousus.org so that you can address their needs. Sorry, but for me, IVF will only be acceptable kung ang sperm ay galing sa father na mag-aalaga ng bata, ang egg ay galing sa mother na mag-aalaga ng bata, then hindi mag-hire ng surrogate, tapos yung nanay din ang pag-iimplantan ng embryo, tapos bawal mag-abort ng excess embryo. Pero kung ganito lang din naman ang gagawin nyo, might as well mag-sex na lang kayong mag-asawa. Mas masaya pa. Conservatives, let's take back the culture. weeks, let's get biblical. May sasagutin akong tanong that was asked to me on the onset ng pag-guest ko sa isang video featurette ng MFC Singles Conference. And the question goes like this. Why is not going to Mass on Sundays a mortal sin? Will I go to hell for it? Hmm. Magandang tanong, di ba? To answer the question kung bakit mortal sin ang hindi pagsimba tuwing Sunday, kailangan ma-define muna natin ang salitang mortal sin. Ito yung binabanggit ni St. John sa kanyang first epistle na mga kasalanang nakamamatay. Kaya nga mortal sin, di ba? So let me read the verses. This is from 1 John chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin that is not a deadly sin, he will ask, and God will give him life for those whose sin 
is not deadly. There is sin which is deadly. I do not say one is to pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin. But there is sin which is not deadly. We know that anyone born of God does not sin, but he who is born of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him. Ang tinutukoy ni San Juan dito na deadly sin ay ang mortal sin. Deadly siya kasi nakamamatay ng ating kaluluwa. And the death of our soul, ang usually tinatawag na second death at associated siya sa hellfire. In Revelation 21 verse 8, dito binabanggit ang second death. And I quote, As for the cowardly, the faithless, the polluted, the murderers, the fornicators, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. End of quote. Now that we got the description out of the way, kung ano nga ba ang mortal sin, ano ang kinaiba nito sa venial sin? May tatlong components ang mortal sin. Una, kailangan grave matter ito. Meaning, grabe ang bagay na ito kapag nakumit mo. Pangalawa, kailangan may full knowledge ka na kasalanan ito. May mga tao na nakakakumit ng kasalanan pero hindi naman nila alam na masama ito. Kaya hindi nila binibreak ang conscience nila nung ginawa nila yung act na ito. Halimbawa, kung kayo yung tipo ng couple na hindi nyo alam na masama ang contraception, at that point, hindi pa kayo nakakakumit ng mortal sin. Until, syempre, kung nakikinig kayo regularly ng The J. Aruga Show, informed na kayo na masama ang paggamit ng contraception. At kung ginagawa nyo pa rin yun, nagko-contracept pa rin kayo, ayan, mortal sin na yun. Kasi dito papasok yung third formula ng mortal sin, yung full consent. Dapat ikaw mismo ang nag-decide na gagawin mo pa rin ang kasalanan ito despite alam mong masama ang gagawin mo. Kaya halimbawa may humila ng kamay mo para pindutin ang self-destruct button na magpapasabog sa buong mundo kahit na anong pigil mo na outstrength kanya hindi mortal sin yun. Kahit parang nagmukhang planet krypton ang earth at nag-blow into pieces. That said, ang hindi ba pagsimba ng linggo ay mortal sin? It's in the Ten Commandments to keep the Sabbath day holy. Sunday is the Christian Sabbath and the way to make it holy is to attend Mass. St. Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7 that because Christ has been sacrificed, that's why we should celebrate the feast and he means the Mass here. Kung babalikan natin yung formula ng mortal sin na sinasabi ko kanina, is it a grave matter to skip Mass? Yes, God commanded it in the Ten Commandments. Now that I told you na grave matter ito, may full knowledge ka na, hindi ka na pwedeng magkunwari na di mo alam, hindi ka na pwedeng mag-appeal to ignorance. Pero wait lang, may dadagdag pa ako. As Catholics, dapat din tayo magsimba sa mga tinatawag na holy days of obligation. Ano-ano ang mga ito? Sa Pilipinas, ito yung birthday ni Mama Mary, September 8th. Feast of the Immaculate Conception, December 8, Pasko, December 25, New Year, January 1. So ayan, sinabi ko na sa inyo, kaya hindi na ulit kayo pwedeng magmaang-maangan na hindi nyo alam. If ever you deliberately skip Mass in the future, may full consent ka na of doing it. Ibig sabihin, sinasadya mo. 
the only time we're allowed to skip mass is kung may valid reason ka talaga. Like may sakit ka or lubog na sa baha yung bahay nyo. O may pandemic at may strict lockdown. But these days, wala ka na rin talagang reason kasi you can at least attend an online mass. Ang tanging rason mo na lang ay kung talagang paralyzed ka at ang buong katawan mo, hindi mo magalaw at hindi mo man lang mapindot ang remote ng TV. And now, it's time for our new segment, Payong Aruga. Welcome to our newest segment, Payong Aruga, wherein magbibigay si Kuya Jay ng kanyang nuggets of wisdom sa isang henerasyon that desperately need this. Bakit ko naisip magbigay ng payo at this point in my podcast career? At ano ang qualifications ko sa pagbibigay ng payo? May natapos ba akong degree sa pagbibigay ng payo like psychology or payology? Ang sagot, who cares? Nagbibigay naman tayo ng payo sa kaibigan natin, di ba? Kahit na hindi tayo nagtapos ng psychology, kahit hindi tayo qualified. Kaya yon, wala kayong magagawa. Magbibigay ng payo dahil gusto ko. Yun lang yung reason. So let's get this show on the road. Itong question na papayuhan ko ay hindi directly pinadala sa akin. Naghanap lang ako randomly sa internet. Kasi apparently, ang internet is a sea of lost souls. Kung makikita mo yung mga fora doon. So ang salitang fora is plural ng forum sa mga hindi nakakalam. So dito mahilig ako mag-hangout sa mga fora bago ko na-discover ang whole new world of social media. Mahilig ako makimarites dito noon. So kasalanan ba ang pakipagmarites dahil gossiping ito? That's a discussion for another time. So may nakita kong nila lang who desperately needs an advice. Sana ay listener siya ng The J. Arugasho kasi ito ang tanong niya. And I quote, Paano kung nagsisinungaling sa'yo ang mahal mo? Halimbawa, may girlfriend ka na pinayagan mong makipag-date sa kanyang guy friend. So una, nagtataka bakit pinayagan niya makipag-date ang girlfriend niya sa kanyang guy friend. Pero continuing, sabi ng girlfriend mo, hindi na daw siya tutuloy. Kaso, biglang may madidinig kang nagkwento na nakita siyang may kasama. When she was confronted, sabi niya, hindi lang daw niya sinabi dahil kapag sinabi niya sa akin, ay magagalit daw ako. Ano ang gagawin mo? Okay, before I proceed, nais ko lang sabihin na ang goal ko sa lahat ng payong ibibigay ko sa payong aruga is to give my Catholic slash Christian take in all of these. Ano ang isasagot sa inyo kapag inilapit nyo sa magisterium of the Catholic Church ang mga life problems nyo? So di ba nga sabi ni Matthew sa chapter 18 verse 17, kung may dispute at hindi nyo ma-resolve, tell it to the church. So ito ang sasabihin ng church sa problema na ito. Or at least kung ako ay maging Pope. Random guy in the internet who I took your question from some forum without you knowing. Ito si Father Jay na nagbibigay ng payo. Kahit 
malaki ang chance na hindi mo madinig itong sasabihin ko, bibigay ko na rin ang payo ko. So, since girlfriend mo pa lang siya, I would advise that you break up with her. Alright, this is another episode of the JRO Show. Salamat sa pakikinig. Goodbye! Okay, of course, gusto niyong mag-expound ako sa aking payo. So, iba ang ipapayo ko kung mag-asawa na kayo. Kung mag-asawa na ang isang party at may nagsinungaling, you need to sort this out. Yan ang difference ng mag-asawa sa mag-BFGF. Also, tip ko lang sa mag-asawa, sana impose nyo yung tinatawag na Billy Graham rule as much as you can. So, isearch nyo ito. Pero sa mga tinatamad mag-search, ang Billy Graham rule means to never be alone with someone from the opposite sex na hindi mo asawa, especially kung avoidable naman. Pero since mag-BFGF pa lang kayo, ibang usapan na yan. Medyo iba yung rules ko sa mag-BFGF tsaka sa mag-asawa. Para sa mag-boyfriend-girlfriend, this behavior is obviously a red flag. Lying is bad. So guys, establish early in your relationship na bawal magsinungaling. Nasa rules for life yan ni Jordan Peterson to always tell the truth or at least don't lie. And nasa 10 commandments din yan. Eto tatandaan nyo, kids. Ang goal ng pakipag-BFGF is to see if this person is husband or wife material. Then baka sabihin nyo, ano ko ba naman, Kuya J, BFGF lang, tapos kasal na kagad dapat isipin? Yes, date with a purpose. So nadinig ko to kay Lauren Chen sa kanyang PragerU video. And that purpose should be marriage. Kung hindi pang-asawa material ang kasama mo, tapos naghihintay ka ng ibang tao na maaring dumating na asawa material, both of you are wasting your time. Ngayon, redeemable ba ang pagsisinungaling ng GF mo sa iyo? Hindi ba dapat bilang kristyano ay nagpapatawad tayo? Una, bakit mo kasi pinayagan makipag-date ang GF mo sa iba? Hindi ba dapat ang word na date ay exclusive sa inyong dalawa lang? Okay, probably may nuance ang eksenang ito. Pero ito yung pinag-uusapan natin noon sa Unboxing Catholicism. Nung time na pinag-uusapan natin ang covenant, di ba nung ine-explain natin ang laws na binigay ni God sa Israel, it makes more sense when you think about a covenant relationship? Ganun din sa mga relationships natin sa buhay. Nung friends pa lang kayo ni girl, wala kayong rules. Pero as you start dating, may pumapasok ng rules naturally. Lalo na kung mag-asawa na kayo, mas mahigpit na ang rules kasi in a covenant relationship na kayong mag-asawa. The more you progress in your relationship, the more rules na madadagdag. Most of them are unwritten. So, random citizen of the internet, have some dignity. Ito yung mapapayok sa'yo. Huwag kang papayag na pagsinungalingan ka ng girlfriend mo. Or try to grow up some more before you get into another relationship. Baka hindi ka pa ready kasi. Ganitong galawan na pinapayagan mo siyang makipag-date, tapos ikaw yung magagalit kapag sinabi niyang hindi siya tutuloy, tapos biglang tumuloy. Baka magalit ang mga feminist listeners dito sa podcast. Ha? Baka sabihin nila, linalagay ko ang lahat ng blame sa girl. To be fair, kahit girl ang humingi ng payo sa akin, I'll still advise her the same thing. To break up with a guy. Ayaw nga nating nagsisinungaling ang isang politician, di ba? Yung kandidato na iboboto natin sa balota, tapos 
ano pa kaya sa karelasyon mo? So in the end, ang may papayo ko lang sa situation na ito, break up, malulungkot ka, pero alam mo naman, sabi nila, it's better to love and lost than to not love at all. Ayun, so I hope na ipakita ko sa segment na ito ang expertise ko sa pagbibigay ng payo, especially sa galing ko mag-belch out ng mga cliche breakup quotes. Pero seriously guys, ang pag-fix ng sarili should happen outside marriage. Hindi sana ito nangyayari within marriage. Huwag nyo gawing project yung partner nyo. Kaya hindi ko ina-advise na mag-boyfriend and girlfriend at a very young age, yung high school or college, kasi ang dami pang magbabago sa ugali ng taong ito. Kaya maganda, go to the dating scene kapag adult na kayo. Yung medyo formed na yung pag-uugali nyo. Tapos, date with a purpose. And the purpose should be finding the suitable person to marry. In my opinion, ito ang isa sa mga reasons kung bakit maraming couples na naghihiwalay when they get into a relationship very early on in their lives. Tapos yung iba nagpapakasal na maaga. I would also advise na umattend kayo dun sa SIMBIS seminar ng mga kaibigan kong si Jeric and Afol Depante. Yung SIMBIS stands for Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. So, napunta na tayo sa marriage pero doon naman talaga hantong ang mga relationships. Alright, this has been another episode of the JROGA Show. At the end of the day, it will be night. Goodbye! If this episode made your day or even if it didn't, please press that follow button right there. If you're listening in Apple Podcast, please give us a 5-star review. Spread the word, tell your friends, family, your dog to subscribe as well. Thank you very much.